With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block Talk Radio. I hear that intro. Thanks, Mike. Sandy, I appreciate it. Every time I hear that intro, I keep looking around for someone to say I am Maximus Dissimus Moraeus. Father of a slain family. Something like that, right? Anyways, this is Sidekick Cancer the Bing. How are you guys doing out there? I hope everything's going well wherever you may be. We got a couple of emails last week, actually from Japan. I'm, I'm asking myself, what time was it in Japan? But, hey, thank you for listening out there to my Japanese uh, fan base out there. We seem to be going by the week. Again, we're on live, direct from the corner of 7th and Broadway in Los Angeles, California. If you're ever in the area, swing by, treat me to lunch. I'll give you a shout-out, bring you to the studio, talk some business, have some fun. So, people, how have things been going last week? Got some nice emails from you guys, and you appreciated the coverage I was giving you. You're asking me when we're going to do two hours. I don't know when we're going to do two hours. That's a lot of work. <laughs> it's just a few of us. But, you know, we do it, we can, we do it, we can, we do it, we can. But otherwise, everything's going well. So, people, we're going to begin today's show. Hey, Sandy. No, not Sandy. Uh, Sandra. There's a Sandy and a Sandra in here. So I always get confused between the two because one works the keyboards and the other one works the phone lines. People, if you want to give a call, feel free. Call in and talk to me. You can reach me at 646-595-2892, 646-595-2892. The Psychic Cassie Symposium. You know, we talk about a few things, business, international news, entertainment, and we'll call a section called The Random Aim. So we're going to spend a few minutes in each section, about 15 minutes uh, between each segment. We're going to play a, few, a little bit of music here. When we get to the random aims, we talk about whatever's happening in the world. Have a nice self-empowering story coming out of India that I will share with you guys on the random aim portion. So again, people, you want to reach out to me, 646-595-2892. Or you can start, you can chat with me live. If you're hearing this on the Internet, on your computer, you can chat with me live and Ask me what you want. We can talk about what you want, and we can talk about anything you need to know. And if you have any questions, feel free to email them in, and then we can just take it from there and do what we do. So how are you guys? So let's start off with business news. People, the recovery is moving very slowly. Uh, The world markets have been up and down, up and down, up and down. The world market headlines have been, and this is on the Wall Street Journal. We have our Latin American markets, Brazilian Mexican stocks dropped. Erasing gains, Mexican Mexican stocks was making a slow uh, up move, move up their index, but their gains have been erased, uh, erased by news from the government. The London markets, the UK stocks ended higher on Friday. The European markets, European shares, and mostly lower on Friday. The Asia markets, West Farmers gains and Aussie supermarket race. There's a battle for supermarkets taking place in Australia. For those that don't know what Aussie is, that is the short name for Australia from 
Australia, am I correct? Or that's what they call Australia. Anyways, it's about Aussie. It's about Australia. Uh, Latin American markets. TAM and Gold Airlines lift Brazilian stocks. Higher than expected earnings from those two carriers that lifted, the, lifted their stocks in the Brazilian market index. The European markets, Europe ends lower after tech disappointments. Various technological companies uh, gave out their earning ratios and forecasts for the future, and that brought the market down a little bit. London markets, pub operators shine otherwise downbeat London. Uh, for those in the UK, you do know that what, what other people may not hear in the news in the U.S., that the global recession is affecting London. A lot of stores and um, facilities are shuttering. Uh, that means closed, sorry about that, and shuttering in the UK. But pubs are doing very well in this global recession because when time gets hard, people like to drink. When time gets hard, people like to drink and talk. And the place to do it in the UK is at the pub. Uh, for the global investor, a little water helps portfolios spring to life. Some people are, everybody's looking at me asking, what does that mean? Well, I'm about to tell you. Let me just move over here to my control board so I can see my uh, spreadsheets laid out before me in 3D color. We'll give you a brief, interest, a brief introduction on this. This is coming from Madrid, one of the biggest IPO stories of the year. It's at the initial public offering. We explained what that was last week. Of the year, it has been China-based water treatment equipment company. Dawan Global Water Incorporated, whose shares have nearly doubled since a heavily oversubscribed and highly successful debut, debut in New York on June 24th. The stock climbed $1.60 to close at, on the Dow at $39.90. That's an increase of 4.18%, and it reflects a growing desire among global investors to hold specialized commodities, in particular commodities water, that many in the U.S. may not even think of along with gold, oil, or soybeans. Doyan offers a, I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly, Dao Yuan, I think it's pronounced, offers a direct play into the core themes of water investing, global, growing global populations, and dwindling supplies of a vital comedy. Quote, water is simply the most valuable resource of the 21st century, end quote, said Steve Hoffman, director of Palisades Water Index Associates, LLC. For those that don't know what LLC means, that means Limited Liability Corporation. And principal architect of the index on which exchange-traded funds power shares global water uh, on the exchange is trading at well, PIO, closed at $17.70, uh, down $0.22. Cents. It's a loss of 1.223%. And power shares water resources, their initials are PHO, somewhat like Phoenix, closing at $16.31, down 23 for a loss of 1.39% are based. Quote, the value of water across a broad range of socioeconomic aspects will rival oil. By most accounts, the water industry is the third or fourth largest industry in the world, behind electricity, oil and gas, and perhaps tourism, said Dallas, Texas-based Hoffman in an email interview. Uh, for those that go out by the spring water and all those good things and, you know, the, uh, what's that thing called, the uh, Aquafina, you can walk into a big lot or a 7-Eleven or what have you buy the water there pre-bottled, you know, pick up, open it up and drink our way home. There are places around the world where water is a dwindling commodity because of uh, the uh, global warming, environmental changes, poor management by various governments. So there's a fear that in the future, the next great war will not be sparked by land acquisition or a coup d'etat. It will actually be sparked by the need to have water for the population. If you look at the Nile, what the Nile is now is not what it was thousands of years ago. I believe the Red Sea, is it the Red Sea that you can float on? or the, It's made of heavy salt you can float on the back. Uh, you used to walk down to the coast. This is in the Middle East. You used to, to walk down to the coast and see the water. Now you have to walk down to the coast and walk about half a mile into the lake itself to experience the thrill of floating in this waterbed that is in the Middle East. I keep thinking it's the Red Sea, but I believe it's another sea in the area. So let's give the global markets here. New York is closed. On Sunday, London is closed. Tokyo is open. Uh, the Dow is uh, currently at 9,972. It was down for the week, uh, 109.13. Uh, that's a loss of 1.08%. The NASDAQ closed at 2,154. That's minus 10.82. That's a loss of 50%. And the S&P 500 closed at 1,080. That's a loss of 13.31 per share on the average. It's down 1.22%. So 
Tokyo is now open, and they opened up higher as of this morning on early trade. Japan's Nikkei is at 225, turns positive. It's up 0.2% early in early morning trade. Uh, South Korea's Kopsi shed 0.3% in early trading. Let's see here. And the U.S. dollar drops to 91.95 yen from 92.03 yen. So as you see, is a global economy, a global recession. Everybody is affected. In current news here, the unemployment news is still a little dim, though there has been a, a few positive movement in the housing construction in certain parts of the United States, for example. Yet, many people are still giving up this, the need to find a job, the need to find employment. California is leading the way in that grammatically. Is that a word, grammatically? Okay, well, in the grimness of the news, uh, unemployment has cro cropped up another 0.2% in California which I believe by uh, estimates is the third or fourth largest economy, people. For those out there, I teach at Los Angeles Trade Tech Wednesday night, and I like to share something uh, I would hope will motivate or inspire people. And that is for those out there looking for a job. Don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't give up. The door will open for you. For every person out there that's quitting and giving up looking for work, and I can understand sometimes how tough it is, Every person that stops looking for work is another job that's waiting for you. Every person that stops looking for work is another door opening for you. So don't give up. Do your resume. Use technology. Have a polished resume, a polished CV. Get straight to the point, one page. Uh, if you're going to fax out your resume a lot, use the font, use a Verdana and Arial. Don't use Times Roman. Um, you can use Times Roman, but if you're faxing, those fonts pick up better on a fax machine. So people... Don't give up. We know it's tough. We know it's hard out there, but you have to do what you do. There's a job out there, a career out there with your name on it. You just have to go find it, and it'll meet you halfway. Now, in more news reference to the American economy, the public option will pass, according to some people in the Senate. Um, what's happening now, I will give you a quick uh, run-through of the highlights. The public option pass. Uh, that's where the public is... Uh, has the option of choosing what kind of health plan that they may want. I'll give you a brief clip on that. Senate Democrats, this is coming from themarketwatch.com. Senate Democrats may be close to garnering enough votes to pass a health care bill that includes a government-run health insurance option. Senator Charles Schumer said on Sunday, quote, we're close to getting the 60 votes we need to move forward, end quote. Schumer, who's a Democrat out of New York, that's Democrat, not Democrat, like the drug, all right? said on NBC's Meet the Press, the government, how it works, the government will set up an insurance plan that would create a level playing field with private insurers in states, such as having the same negotiated rates with providers and same requirements, Schumer said. The plan gaining traction is a proposal that states would be allowed to opt out of, Schumer said. In some states, especially where few insurance companies operate, quote, it's the only real way and best way to bring costs down. Insurance companies won't do it on their own, he said. So they need to be forced to do it. And that's a little brief clip on the health watch. And a lot of people have been asking about that. Also, we have the swine flu has been uh, taken hold recently. Another headline, uh, U.S. OK's emergency use of experimental antiviral for swine flu. Coming from Washington via Market Watch, the USF, the United States Food and Drug Administration is allowing use of an experimental antiviral drug to treat severe cases of the H1N1 or swine flu flu virus. You know, it was actually called the Mexican flu, because that's where it originated for the most part in the media, but there was an upcry by the Mexican community, so uh, it was applied to the swine flu. It was applied to the virus that it be called the swine flu, my apologies. The drug, Peronifer, B-E-R-A-M-I-V-I-E-R, I'm sorry, V-I-R, is currently developed by Chris on the exchange, it's BCRX. It is now trading at $9.66, minus uh, 0.19 cents. It's down 1.9. It's undergoing testing required by regular FDA approval. The FDA issued a so-called emergency use authorization late Friday that allows doctors to use paramifer, which is intravenously in certain hospitalized adults and pediatric patients with confirmed or suspected H1N1 influenza. 
A handful of doctors have already treated patients with severe cases of H1N1 using Paramethere, obtained through the agency's expanded access rules that allow individual patients to obtain experimental drugs if certain conditions are met. The emergency use authorization allows use of the drug without prior FDA approval. The FDA said that there's only limited clinical data about whether paramifer is safe and effective, but, quote, based upon the totality of scientific evidence available, excuse me, moving my uh, switchboard here, we have a couple calls coming in, where we're at now. Based on the totality of scientific evidence available, it is reasonable to believe that paramifer 4 may be effective in certain patients. Now, if you walk into my room and I have influence and the doctor says, we're pretty sure this is safe, pretty sure it's not going to get the needle in my arm or the IV in my bloodstream. That ain't happening. I need some guarantee. But, you know, that again, that's me. So the company said it is completing production of approximately 130,000 courses of paramethera and prepared to make, it, to make more if required. That is news as it relates to the health scare, which is the quote-unquote swine flu people. Now, we're going to take a little commercial break here. We're on a 15-minute segment, and we'll come back to you after this next song. Here, I hope you're doing well. Send me an email. Reach out to me. I'm going to give you the news the way you need it to be, and hope I'm expanding your knowledge of what's happening out there in this world. A lot of time we look on, you know, what's happening on the corner. We don't realize what's happening overseas affects what's happening on the corner, which affects personally. So let's see. Let's take a little break here. What we do? Who do we? Did we give Mr. Michael last week? Yes, we did. It's like I believe Latino Heritage Month is coming. If I'm correct, or was that October? I believe it's October. So let's give a shout out to all our bachata lovers back on the East Coast and around the world. Talk to me, boy. No soporto ver mi hermana yo. 
Ah, that's our nice little commercial break. Nice little commercial break. And to give respect, I have to give a shout-out to one person, Joseph Mungu, who listened to last week's show, gave a lot of love, enjoyed. Uh, give a shout-out to you, my friend, Sangonini. Como se va? How are you? Habari? And before we go on to our next segment, we have a little, uh, we have a chat here, a message from the Ozone. The Ozone, how are you, my friend? I'm sorry to get back to you much sooner. I actually have the screen on another laptop in front of me that's plugged into the network. And he says, the government option would be a disaster. Talk to me, Ozone, if you're still out there. Send me a little detail behind the statement so I can reach that out to you and get it out to the people that are listening. Because I've heard that several times that the government option would be a disaster. And for those that is that wondering what he's talking about, it's the government option reference to the health care issue being that what I've heard several times, and this actually leads up to what the Ozone has said, is the government cannot be trusted to run a health care or health insurance program. So the Ozone, if you are there, give me a little more information so I can give it out to the people and let them know what's going on because we are here to educate and you're part of that educating platform of bringing the news, the information that you think, and giving the information that I can give out to the masses. So the Ozone, thanks for being on the chat line. I see you there. Talk to me. Bring it to me so I can bring it to the people. And people, you'll move on, and once the Ozone gives us some information, I'll give it to you, so we'll come back to them. Now we're going to be international news, and the international news is always very interesting. The recap for our 15-minute segment here, and you know we don't have enough time to do it in depth like I would like to, but as I said, sooner or later, sooner rather than later, We'll be going to two hours, if not an hour and 30 minutes, so we can get deep into what we want to talk about. And we're just trying to figure out how we can get the guests to come into the studio. So in international news, Deadly Blast Rock. This is coming from the Wall Street Journal's online edition. Deadly Blast Rock Baghdad, two powerful suicide car bombs near high-profile government offices, rocked the capital, killing at least 147 people and raising fresh worry about the capabilities of Iraq's Security services ahead of January, January's national elections. Many people have been speculating that the mistake that the United States made is not allowing the previous Ba'ath Party of Saddam to be part of the security forces in the quote-unquote liberated Iraq after they removed Saddam Hussein. It's a debate going on right now, and if I can find some more data on that debate to see at what level it is transparency, I'll bring that to you. But the question has been, that once the U.S. draws down its troops, which it has been doing, and increasing the troops in Afghanistan, how will that affect the security situation in Iraq? That's coming from there. Deadly blast rocks back that. Mexicans spur a boom in El Paso, in El Paso, Texas, is receiving a boost as entrepreneurs fleeing drug violence in Mexico head across the border to open clubs and restaurants. The drug wars in Mexico is really getting out of control. Then again, how can a drug war be in control as the cartels fight each other and also expand to confront the drug cartels in Latin America, specifically Colombia, Medellin, and the other cartel whose name escapes me at this moment. So what's happening is that a lot of people are moving across the border, opening up clubs and businesses there, feeling it's more safe. The problem is that some of the violence between the drug cartels in Mexico, which I feel is really giving a bad image to Mexico. It's a beautiful city, beautiful people. Uh, many of them, many of the entrepreneurs are opening up their business in Texas. But again, as I come rewind, the cartels are expanding their violence into the United States, even Canada. I believe it's in Toronto or maybe Vancouver. I'll touch on this later on. That there is actually a war between uh, a lot of the cartels uh, in Mexico, subsidiaries who are based in the United States and in Canada. Oh, Canada. A beautiful place. You go to Toronto, a place so clean, you throw a wrapper down, you feel guilty, you pick it up and throw it in the trash. It's a beautiful city. Next news here, Lockerbie authorities seeks leads. Scottish authorities are searching for new leads in the Lockerbie bombing case. Now that convicted Lockerbie bomber McGreevy has dropped his appeal. This investigation has been taking some time, but they really want a thorough investigation of what's going on in the Lockerbie bombing. Those are familiar with the case. Uh, McGrady has dropped his appeal for uh, early release. It's a case that I know has wrenched a lot of people, and it came to a head when Gaddafi, uh, President Gaddafi of Libya, visited or arrived at the UN General Assembly, 
several weeks ago where we were hosting at the same time, not but a block away, the Connolly's Memorial. Next news here, the UN inspectors arrive, UN inspectors arrive in Iran. A team of UN, of UN monitors started an inspection of Iran's recently disclosed uranium enrichment plant. And it says Iran says it can't meet the nuclear deadline. Now, the, the following thing, Iran posted up a response to the accusation that they were hiding a plant by saying, and they quoted the international rules from the uh, Atomic Energy Commission, that it is there's a certain stage of reactor's operational um, activity that it needs to be reported to the atomic energy authorities of the uh, nuclear energy. And according to what the authorities in Iran have, have stated, that being that the reactor was not at that level, they were not obligated to report its existence. That once it did reach that level, and we're not talking about the level of a wheeling out a bomb, we're talking about the level of being operative, that they would notify uh, by following the protocols of the established global community when it comes to nuclear reactors. It should be very interesting to see what the inspectors have to say once their inspection is over. Uh, the stark choices in the Uruguayan vote, Voters in Uruguay face a stark choice in the presidential election. An ex-rebel who, who yearns to create enduring socialism or a former center-right president who wants to pull away from alliances with Latin American leftists. So what choice would the Uruguayans decide in their election? The date, I believe, is, I believe is, is it about a week and a half now? Can someone get that information before we go to the next segment, please? Also, Harizik's genocide trial set to begin the trial of wartime Bosnian Serb leader Radovan Karadzic, Karadzic, I'm sorry, Karadzic on charges of genocide begins Monday. And lawyers say his courtroom strategy is already emerging. Again, he was, uh, after a long cat and mouse game to avoid apprehension, he was arrested and brought to trial. He was brought to stand trial. And it should be very interesting what he says in the statement. And at the same time, you wonder if he's going to look at other cases such as Lubanga and those guys, Thomas Lubanga, the Congolese militia who's sitting currently at the ICC. You wonder if they're going to look at the strategy that they've been using trying to keep Lubanga off the, the role of convicted inmates. So it's very interesting how that develops. Going down to the continent, Nigerian militants declare ceasefire. The main militant co coalition in Nigeria's Niger, Niger Delta declared an indefinite ceasefire after the government agreed to engage in dialogue with its representatives. The word I've talked to from my people who are from the Delta region is that these militants are fighting against the destruction, the environmental destruction of the Delta region, where all these oil companies are. What happens, you know, is the oil leakage from the pipes. Also, when they burn off the excessive oil, uh, you see those pictures in the oil fields, those massive towers of flame. It puts a... a chemicals into the air, uh, dioxide and what have you, into the air, and it's creating serious health issues in that region. Also being that on the other side of the coin, that oil is one of the main exports for Nigeria, it was very critical for the government of Nigeria to speak with the militants to address the issues because when the militants are blowing up pipelines and oil companies are saying, we're not going to drill there for a little while, or we're going to pull back or cut back our exports from your country, or our uh, exploration in your country, it affects the revenue of Nigeria. Now, it was very interesting some time ago, I remember I was speaking at a panel here in LA, and I made a comment, and it was very interesting that uh, it was about three years ago when the oil was trading at about $180 a barrel. It was around that number, at 160, 180, what have you, 175 maybe. And Nigeria had their budget you know, set to uh, operate on the you know, the revenue from oil, and they had the price set uh, based on what the market was talking about. The problem, though, I found very interesting, and maybe some of my Nigerian uh, colleagues can write in and explain to me this flow, this, uh, this explanation, is that when oil was trading around $170, $180 a barrel, the Nigerian government's budget was based on oil trading at $65 a barrel. So you ask yourself, what was so what happened to that 120 plus dollar differential because there's no excuse for Nigeria, particularly the countryside, not looking the way it should look for the amount of money they make off the oil. 
It's the people that suffer, not just they have another government like Guinea. Also, Pakistanis take rebel stronghold. Officials say Pakistan's army has captured the hometown of the country's Taliban chief in a major offensive, dealing a blow to militants after the militants have taken, hot, uh, taken over the police headquarters in Pakistan, which is like taking over the Pentagon. Um, they took hostages, and some of the, most of the hostages were free. The Pakistan army has launched, had launched an offensive several days ago, and as reported here, they have captured the stronghold, the hometown of the country, Taliban chief, who has been operating on the border of Iran and I'm sorry, Iran and Pakistan, is that correctly? I believe so. So we move on to the next news here, being the Taliban. Taliban aim to disrupt Afghan runoff. Afghan insurgents are exploring how to disrupt the November 7th presidential runoff, and some commanders are proposing that they target polling, polling sites. President Karzai, I say to you from before, uh, opposed the runoff, but once one million votes were disqualified, he had no choice. So he agreed to a runoff with his opponent, Abdullah Abdullah. A runoff takes place when one contender does not reach, I believe, more than 51% of the vote. Also, train collision, I'm sorry, Israeli police and protesters clashed. Israeli forces stormed the most sensitive holy shrine in Jerusalem, firing sun grenades to disperse a crowd of hundreds of Palestinian protesters that had pelted forces with stones. The violence is escalating, though President Obama did say he wanted to have another summit, resign the Middle East situation. Conversely, though, uh, Premier Netanyahu has said that even though the U.S. says war crimes was committed in the war uh, some time ago of Gaza, that Israeli troops will not stand trial for war crimes. We will see how that develops over the, between now and the next show, my friends. Now, what is going on here in the world? I move around here, stack the email. I don't even know how to go through these things because if we get into the email, we won't be able to do our other shows. So, people, we are going to go on another break here. When we come back live and direct, we will get into entertainment news and let you know what's going on. But before I go off, one more report came in from two colleagues of mine that Afghans protest the rumored desecration of Quran by U.S. troops. Hundreds of Afghan of angry protests in Afghanistan's capital burned an effigy of President Obama on Sunday, acting in response to that the word that you rumor or word that U.S. troops have burnt and desecrated the Quran, which is read by Muslims around the world. And this has rem, this rem, reminiscent to the days of Guantanamo, when it was said that invest, uh, investigators would take the Quran and either shred it up and flush it into a toilet or urinate on it. So we again will see what more what news will transpire between now and and as I said again, and that explosions kill at least one hundred and thirty six in Baghdad government center. Car bombs exploded in Baghdad this morning next to two key government buildings, killing at least one hundred and thirty six people. I always say if you want to make a statement, you attack those that can defend themselves. You're not making a statement by detonating a car bomb and blowing up innocents. We're just creating a cycle, not just in that country, but in other societies around the world. When the innocent pay, when the innocent suffer, it just escalates the violence. People, let's take a break right now. What can we give you from before? Let's see, in response to the end of Latino or Hispanic Heritage Month, we give you some Alejandra Fernandez. Como quien tiene una estrella. Quiero, 
como quien pierde una estrella que se le va al infinito. Después de quererte tanto, ay, después de quererla tanto, Diosito dame consuelo para sacarme de adentro esto que me estaba dando allá, allá. shock you with something when I get back to the beginning of this segment of entertainment. What opened up uh, the movie Paranormal Activity from Paramount grossed $22 million. That's an increase of 12.1%. It increased to $1,945 theaters. That's an increase of 1,185 theaters. The average gross was 11 Point three thousand dollars. The total gross right now is sixty-two million four hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars in five weeks. Oh, by the way, the movie only cost fifteen thousand dollars to make. That silence you hear is my studio crew mouth hit the floor. This movie cost fifteen thousand dollars to make. And so far, it's grossed $62.4 million, $62. million in five weeks. As my friends in Brooklyn would say, what? <laughs> As my friends in Beverly Hills would say, how? <laughs> All right. But we'll come back to that. Saw so, six from Lionsgate. Weekend gross, $14.8 million. Currently playing in 3,036 3, theaters. Its gross average is $4.8,000. Total gross is $14.8 million. 
The budget was $11 million. It's his first week of release. Where the Wild Things Are, it's his third week. Right, it's I believe how many weeks it's been out two weeks. From Warner Brothers, they fought, it grossed over the weekend fourteen point four million. Uh, that's a drop of fifty five point nine percent. It's playing in three thousand seven hundred thirty five theaters. Average screening is thirty eight hundred dollars plus. We'll say three thousand eight hundred sixty one dollars. Hollywood, we tend to abbreviate, so you know, ride with me as I start abbreviating these numbers, but you'll you'll pick them up very quickly. Where the wild things are. Total growth, $53.9 million. The budget was $100 mil. Uh, this is the second week out. Law-abiding citizen, Jamie Foxx movie from Overjoy Pictures. Weekend growth is $12.7 million, dropping from uh, its current it's a drop of 39.6%, playing in 2,890, 2,890 screens. Its average growth is $4.3 is $4,300. We'll say exactly $4,399. Its total gross is $40.3 million on a budget of $50 million. Couples Retreat from Universal is right now its weekend gross is $11 million. That's a change of, of minus dropping 35.6% from the previous week. Also, theater counts of where it's playing at 3,074 screens. That's an increase of 64, 65 screens. It's making on an average per screen $3,610 for a total gross of $78.2 million on a budget of $70 million. Astro Boy from Summit Pictures made $7 million, actually $7,017,000. Uh, this is first week, so there's no change to report. Uh, the, it's playing in 3,014 screens. Its average is $2,300, to be exact, $2,328. Its total gross is $7 million. Its budget was $65 million. Flop. All over it. That's, that's almost suicidal numbers. Cost $65 million. It opens at $7 million. We'll see how it does next week. The Stepfather, 2009, from Screen Gems, $6.5, a drop of 43.9%, playing in 2,734 screens. Its average taken, again, is ironically close to the screen number, $2,377 per screen. Total gross, $20.3 million on a budget of $20 million. Uh, coming in at eight is Cirque du Freak, the Vampire's Assistant from Universal. $6.3 million made over the weekend. It's playing in 2,754 screens. Its average per screen is 2,305. Its total gross right now is $6.3 million. Uh, we're rounding it. It's actually $6,348,000. But I'm rounding the numbers to the even. Uh, it's on a budget of $40 million. Coming at number nine is Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs from Sony. Its weekend gross is $5.6 million. It's a change of minus dropping 30.2%. It's playing on 2,741 screens. That's a drop of 296 screens. Average screen is $2,000. Its total gross at this moment for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is $115 million. Wow. $115 million. But then again, his budget costs $100 million, including part of the P&E. But, you know, these big prices a lot of times get underwritten by product placement, like Coca-Cola playing, paying $100,000 to have, like, a cup of Coke placed in the back of a scene. Zombieland comes in at number 10 from Sony Pictures, grossing over the weekend 4.3. That's a drop of 43.5% on 2,447 screens. That's a drop of 724 screens. Average screen take is $1,757. Its total gross is $67.3 million. Its budget was 23.6. Its average per screen is 4,921. That's pretty good, actually. Its uh, total gross is 4 point is four point. It's the opening week, so it stays at $4,025,000. Its budget was $40 million. They'll probably take that wide based on what the numbers do over this week. You know what that means. If they take it wide, that means they'll put it in more screens. A serious Man from Focus Pictures. Weekend gross, $1.1 million. That's a plus of 34%. It's playing on, it's a, playing on 176 screens. That's an increase of 94 screens. Its average is $6,000. The total gross has been $3.2 million. That is the wrap-up of the entertainment news for the box office. Coming to you live from Box Office Mojo, 
Check them out, boxofficemojo.com. Get the details as the details need to be given. Now, we need to come back to paranormal activity. Let me give you a little insight into this uh, situation for this movie as it comes from the L.A. Times, as reported by Rami Becker, Emily Christensen, and Javon Phillips. Now, the story goes, and I take it from their article, is that when Oren Pelly moved to the suburbs, he was puzzled by little noises he heard in the night. The creaks and groans of his own house inspired him to make a movie about a haunted couple who set up video cameras to catch the supernatural activity happening in their room after dark. Like many first-time directors, Pelly had to be resourceful. He invited his friends and a few actors over to his house and shot the film in seven days for just $15,000. The film, called Paranormal Activity, became an instant hit on the festival circuit and was quickly nabbed by Steven Spielberg. With a distribution deal with DreamWorks and later Paramount, Pelly hit the jackpot as Paranormal Activity opened to box office records across the country. This little movie appears to be heading to next, quote, next big thing status. Here's a look back at the few of Pelly's predecessors whose little movies made millions. We won't get detail for lack of time, but people, filmmakers in Los Angeles, filmmakers around the world, filmmakers on the planet. Let me explain to you how things flow. $100 million, as you know, it does not guarantee our office hit. It's about being resourceful. It's about the story, the originality. It could be an old story presented in a new way. So for you guys thinking you have to raise $120, 100 200 $300 million or a million dollars or $3 million. Hollywood is for sale right now. Just can't command what they asked for just years ago. So if you're resourceful, call your friends, call your actors, make it happen, let it happen, and let it make it happen for everybody else. I love that story. It's great. It's great. $15,000 movie cost and it grows $62 million. ka As a few friends of mine would say when I did say when I told them this story some time ago. People, we're coming up on our last segment here. We have a, we'll come back with our random aim. Let's just do a little music here. Uh, you know, I like my ambient music, so I slow it down for my Euro crowd out there, all right? So, a little bit of Eve Eden by Hooverphonics.
Oh, uh, yeah. Always going to be some good ambient music. Going to play a little more next week so you guys can see how to relax. It's, very, it's always like to hear some ambient or what have you when I'm doing some creating, some writing, some thinking, some planning, some plotting, some producing. Which reminds me of producing our random aim section in our remaining minutes of the show. I know it's a little off balance with 15 minutes for each segment, but, you know, we do what we can. We'll get... We'll get more balance as we expand our, our time slot. And I'm still thinking about doing two hours. Got to see how that works. We have seven minutes left, people. This is the random aim. Let me show you some uh, two bit of news from the international field. Then I'll give you some updates into some things that we have been working on. All right, I told you about paranormal activity. Also, from New York Times, LA Times, actually, the diamond industry makeover sends Fifth Avenue to Africa. I always like how they say since to Africa. They never say, like, the country in Africa, like, you know, Botswana or Nigeria or Congo. It's like, to Africa. Wow. Anyways, reporting from, I'm trying to pronounce this town that's in Botswana, Mogadishane in Botswana. Tiffany and Company's iconic blue boxes have long cradled some of the world's most expensive diamonds. Now an increasing number contains stones kept by some of the industry's least experienced hands in a windowless factory in this African village. You see? Botswana, but they refer to it as this African village. you got to love it. Tiffany is teaching more than 80 workers to transform raw diamonds into gems for Tiffany engagement rings. As novices recently pressed pea-sized stones against the whirling blades of visiting Tiffany executive spider problem, quote, you can see the polishing lines, end quote, says Mark Hanna, an Antwerp, Belgian-based vice president of Tiffany's Diamond Unit. Quote, Tiffany's diamonds can't have polishing lines. Very interesting because Botswana's industry, the infrastructure is that they don't really have uh, airline service that takes people beyond the continent, but their resource has always been diamonds. You know, I believe it's more industrial, but I think also, you know, uh, for consumers at the same time. And they were ravaged by the AIDS crisis, the HIV crisis, where at one point they were hiring three people for every one because two would die off. So it's not an impo- it's not an impoverished country by far. I believe the capital is Gaborón. But this situation could actually work out for Botswana, and particularly if we can get some people into that training program from Congo so that we can polish our own diamonds and, and, and do those kind of things. And really, instead of just being the bottom of the ladder and digging stuff up, we can be the person that digs it up, polishes it, what have you, and sells it off. Do you understand where I'm coming from, my economic money people out there? So that's something I wanted to touch with you in reference to what's happening uh, in the global economy when it comes to things like as diamond and consumer goods. Africa is not some wasteland, though some people think Africa is just one country, which always gets me, uh, you know, all the time. But also some inspirational news coming out of India. This is again coming from the LA Times. Uh, Dalit women find their voice through a newspaper. I'll just give you the brief because we are running out of time. We have about five minutes left. So I'll share this with you, some little inspirational. Indian tribal and so-called untouchable women overcoming social hurdles write and run their own weekly newspaper in northern India. Their own stories are as compelling as their reports. Reporting from Banda, India, the pen, it's sometimes said, is mightier than the sword. For these women, it is also a ticket to respect. Some of these names, people, okay, so bear with me. Kabbalah Harinya, or a quote, New Waves, is India's first newspaper written, read, and run by tribal women and those from the Dalit or so-called untouchable caste. While most readers know only the politics, crime, or education news in the eight-page weekly, each of the writers have a story of their own about struggling against life's harsh challenges. Many of these dozen or so women on staff were beaten or sexually abused as children, married off young, endured abusive marriages, and fought mightily for an education and a divorce. Often, the newspaper provides them with a voice on important issues for the first time in their lives, along with a sense of confidence and purpose. The paper is also a labor of love. Not only do the women write the stories, which appear in local minority language, in a local minority language, Bundele, yeah, Bundili, they edit, handle layout, proofread, and solicit ads for its two editions. And staff members pay between $60 and $140 a month, spend several days each week lugging copies to distant villages, some accessible only by hiking trails, to flog what they produced. Quote, we take buses, cars, motorcycles until the road stops, then we walk, end quote, said Miri, 23, who, like many here, uses only one name while sitting beside a whiteboard with the, with the weak stories mapped out. Quote, it's hard enough to reach many of these remote areas. Then you have to stay and sell the papers, end quote. Beautiful, beautiful. 
in the remote communities, they pick up stories from readers or from residents petitioning for justice on the courts, in the courts, and government offices. Thus armed, they return to their weekly editorial meeting with a minimum of five ideas and hash out among themselves what stories will make it into print. Just as the movie Paranormal Activity has with this, if you have the resources, you can make it happen. Whatever resource you have, you can make it happen. The thing is, if you really want to make it happen, make it happen. For all my folks in Hollywood whining and complaining about how the industry is not giving me no work, I'm not getting an audition, I'm not getting a job, go out, do it, make it happen. If you want to make it happen, you'll make it happen no matter what. The rapture could be happening right now, and you're still going to try to get to that audition. People, our last two minutes of shows of this show is coming. Thank you for tuning in. We will talk next week, and I will be bringing three segments of Word on the Street, which I haven't done in some time. All right, people? Hope all is well. Thank you for tuning in. Let's take it out with a little house. You know, it's Latino Heritage Month coming to an end, I believe. So let's do a little salsa. I'm gone. Saeed's out. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.